Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Gabe Galvis. Gabe Galvis is a career entrepreneur turned private equity investor. He successfully exited his first company at age 23, followed by a career in consulting and banking before starting a number of companies that service the private equity and investment banking industry. Now, rather than investing in specific asset class or industry, his firm Verde Holdings focuses on backing smart entrepreneurs in their own buy and build journeys. Beautiful. Outside of work, he spends his time in water surfing, mentoring young professionals, and talking about the wonders of the universe with anyone who will listen. Welcome, Gabe. It's good to have no good to have you. No good to problem. be here. I'm glad to have you here, my friend. It also says that he is also known for his electric car collection. What's that about? That probably is a typo, probably is eclectic car collection, I would imagine. Okay. But yeah, it's, I've probably owned 90 cars in my driving career and keep a pretty interesting stable that usually runs the gamut from big military vehicles to supercars to some one-off interesting things. People in Southern California will have recognized me for driving some zany thing around on the highway that shouldn't be on the highway or whatever. Oh, that's awesome. Do you have uh, any of the pictures with you? Do you have any of anything that you could show right now on, on, oh, for sure. I mean, on YouTube? For heck, let's see here. Yeah, let's see. Fairly, fairly recently. Have you ever seen Porsche on 31 inch tires? Whoa. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's a, oh, so something that stands out is Gabe's. We, we one-off, a lot of weird one-off builds. Last week, as a fun example, I went, uh, yeah, I was just surfing, having a good time, but I drove my 10,000-pound Unimog. Wow. It, and the list goes on. That's it's, incredible. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I, That's a lot I, of fun. Definitely when I'm in California, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a message. Now, please do. I always love car people. Love me. I love car people. That's oh, what I spend a little too much of my time doing. It seems like you have that time freedom, right? So tell us about this. What's this? Can you tell us more about the business? Yeah, the time freedom comes and goes. I know you live through this, but the blessing and curse of entrepreneurship is that freedom, right? We're at our, at our own whim to add value or to waste our time away or to create something or to wonder mm -hmm. why we didn't. My time is split these days between a few companies that I was a founder of years and years ago, decades ago now that I still play some role and our investment vehicle, which we're raising our second fund right now, a 300-ish million dollar raise to, as you said, back smart entrepreneurs. Most of the time I spend working these days is really just talking to people and talking with people and trying to learn in my own regard. So we can like me, <laughs> yeah, like you, less of a cool platform, more <laughs> oh, of course, but Thank you. But the output for me now is really 
understanding if our viewers, if our team is just have the resources, the guidance, the inspiration, the room to be as successful as they can be. So on a day like today, I, I don't feel busy, but I'll talk all day to somebody oh, about something yeah. and hopefully some good things will come out of it. So tell us more about the smart entrepreneurs, backing smart entrepreneurs. What does that look like? It's for us, and this is a little in the private equity weeds that we won't, we don't need to get too into, but most, not most, a lot of private equity funds, private equity investors that invest in the middle market, which is where we invest sort of companies, post startup, real mature companies up to maybe a couple hundred million dollars in revenue, something like that. Most investors in that space invest on, on technical criteria, EBITDA margins, growth rates, the basics, and that's fine. Uh, but to protect those investments, ultimately we're not doing the work. I'm not sitting at the, in the production line or on the routes or in the office of any of these companies. And often we forget this conversation about the great people that make all this technical business engineering applicable and turn into real value and job creation and returns for investors over time. So rather than finding good companies and then hoping to build good teams around the good companies we find, which can be challenging, particularly for like time constraint, logistical reasons, right? Shahid and I find a company, we go, man, this thing is great, but Gabe's not going to run it. He's not going to run it. Wow, shit. Okay. Who runs it? And now we do an executive search. We tap our network. That's fine. But Backing entrepreneurs in a private equity context is the opposite of that, right? So we don't find that great company and then find the perfect guy, gal for that, that ops run. We just open the doors to those smart entrepreneurs and say, have you wanted to play a bigger game? Have you been interested in a space or are you an expert in a space, but have never had significant ownership in that space? Do you have a company in mind that's best in class that you'd love to acquire? Or maybe that we want to back you. We want to back you. Just talk to me. Exactly. And because that way the passion is there, the context is there, the buy-in is there, right? Because they're coming to you and saying, I don't want to let you guys down. I have a vision versus us coming to them as investors and saying, we have an asset that needs to be managed. Would you be interested? Here's your package. The outcomes are actually pretty different between those two conversations. So we focus solely on the people side of the business and have curated and identified a few thus far great entrepreneurs who we call operating partners, who we pledge capital to, and they go out and most commonly work through a buy and build strategy of acquiring companies and creating value through some scale. And then at exit, they win alongside us rather than just being a totally siloed hired gut. When you were talking and my mind slipped for a second there, an idea came to mind and I'm just going to throw it out there because it just, I'm just real with everyone. So I just don't want to hold it back. But what if we did this super entrepreneurs podcast in a franchise format and give it to different niche, different opportunity, different type of industries, say super entrepreneurs, health, super entrepreneurs, IT, right? Franchise it out. Hey, I think there's a real argument for specialization in whatever space you're in, right? I always tell, yeah. especially young people, like done a little bit of teaching and whatnot, and they always ask these big, wonderful questions. And very often my answers get distilled into, 
just become an expert in anything. I don't care if master yeah, the wheels yeah. on the bottom of my chair, how this desk is made, whatever, because that can be marketable. And I think audiences also really appreciate specific granular expert opinion. And I'd much rather hear and digest content about stuff I actually want to learn about than one in 20 podcasts or one in 20 articles or whatever sort of resonates to me. Might not be a bad yeah. idea. I don't know if the market is there. Yeah, I don't know. I just came to mind. <laughs> I, I do think I would much rather know very specifically what I'm learning about, what I'm engaging in, and know that it's applicable to my journey than, than generalist type content. There's a lot of generalist type content out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, what for us is we keep it as organic as possible. And the conversations, and I find that the audience is really gravitating to that because it's, I wouldn't even, before I wasn't even introducing the guests like I did with you, like I was just asking them to you know, just lay Love back, it. right? Yeah, but then I was getting feedback. They're saying, no, it's just the, the guest feels really good when they get announced. So you have a great voice, just use it and introduce them. So yeah, that makes a good point too. So I started doing it now. So it's, 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 it's just a different idea, concept, but this way of running it is, I feel is unique and is, it is bringing in the audience and we are growing. So it definitely feels like it's working, but what would well, you, you know, consider? Sorry. I was just going to say the, the, there's so much formal interview content out there. And frankly, most people are bad interviewers. Not that I'm not yeah. going to be good at any of this. But a lot of us are a lot better at just sitting down with somebody, you know, a little bit, or you've heard some of their work and going, Hey man, good to meet you. What, what, yeah. What's up with that thing you're working on? And then it turns yeah. into something. So I, I, yeah. I love yeah, it's just so much easier on everyone, right? Everybody feels comfortable. There's no, it's just real. It's authentic, right? It's just everybody's vulnerable and just being real and honest and just conversational like we're doing right now, which is wonderful. So I wanted to ask you about that smart entrepreneur. What would you, how would someone know what they have is a smart enough concept or idea or whatever to approach you with? That's a really good question. And I think those smart entrepreneurs, they can come in some different packages. Some of those have been talked about in the, just the broader space. You've got your kind of innovator inventors. You've got your ex-corporate business people who just want the yeah. freedom to not have to be crushed by that culture. You have all kinds of people in between. Those are the polar opposites of the spectrum. But at a more base level, I've always gravitated towards guys who, towards people who simultaneously are very confident that they can do the work that needs to be done while acknowledging that they probably don't know everything they need to know and that this is going to be a failure-ridden journey of learning. And that might seem obvious, especially to your audience, but the reality is a lot of these entrepreneurs or entrepreneurial people actually lean towards one or the other. They go, hey, I've got an idea, but I don't know what I'm doing. And that, that can be okay, but the learning curve can take a while and the failure rate can be too mm. high. And then on the other side, often you have those maybe who are can be perceived as overconfident. Maybe it's not overconfident, but the ones who go, hey, this is easy. Here's the plan. Let's go. And in the back of my mind, I'm always going, 
bro, it's not easy. You've done this for somebody else forever. It's not easy. There's painful work that we do yeah. on ourselves yeah. to do all this stuff. So the, the person that can blend those two polar opposites, who can, as an aside, what we always like to hear in any interview context is somebody who clearly believes they can do the job. That sounds totally obvious, right? You go to a job interview, hey, so he'd be, can you yeah. go, can you lift 50 pounds? Can you talk to customers? Can you, and usually you'd think people go, yeah, of course. Yeah. But a lot of times the more complicated the role becomes, or maybe the more broadly defined the role becomes, the more you'll have interviewees or entrepreneurs you're talking to get a little more vague, right? Hey, we're going to buy this company, Shahi, this is going to be great. Do you think you could lead the team? I've done that before, but let's talk a little bit about your vision. Let's talk, totally fine. But what we yeah. want is the person who, and in fact, our last operating partner we hired in, in about a year and a half ago or so, we had a phone call. We had already a friendly relationship. We finally offered him the job and said, can you do this very specific thing? Be the CEO of this commercial property services company that we're building. Yeah. And he, without hesitation, said, tell me where you want to go. I can take the company there. Followed by, I don't know what our budgets are going to look like. I don't know what our resources are going to look like, but I have, a, I have some shape of my own process to get us there. So a nice balancing between acknowledging mm. the unknown, acknowledging the yeah. process of lifelong learning, learning new, but also a confidence of the core skill set to say, yeah, I, you want me to run a company that does this thing? This is the business model. Cool. This is not brain surgery. I can do that. From a personality standpoint, I like a blending of those two things. And then back okay. to our point about being technicians or being experts in something, we like seeing entrepreneurs that have fully formed perspectives on the highest and best use of their time and where their expertise lies. And when we talk about expertise, it doesn't have to be, I know how to build the best desk, right? It doesn't have to be technical expertise. It can be, I know what my protocol is for getting the best out of a team, regardless of the business application. I have a, a well-developed perspective on day one of integrating a company. We are buying or we are starting, right? So it can be a little broader of a, an expert perspective, but an expert perspective nonetheless. A peppering of those things is really the key. We tend to skew away from inventors, innovators. We really tend to focus on people-first initiatives with a technical undertone. And I think if, if you're an entrepreneur with that mix, you're going to likely go far. And if you're not, there's probably an opportunity to take a step away from product development exclusively or a step away from business development exclusively and work towards developing more of a professional ethos as a manager, as a CEO that can be applied to a number of different business units. Not just I grew this company, but I grow companies because of yeah. this skill set and this perspective, this protocol, which has been proven and tested and I'm comfortable with and believe is the best path forward. Yeah. So you must have a database of people that, that you can bring on with in a project, correct? Yeah, we've got a good network. I'm always surprised at the reach for a network because I don't really, I'm not like a big networking guy. I stay home, yeah. work remote, but, and I'm not that out there. But, but our network is pretty strong and it, it certainly matters. 
And you can, of course, use in our space, there's a lot of, there, there are some good, like recruiting and network resources specifically for entrepreneurial executives who want to work for private equity. It's a very specific sort of channel that can be worked mm -hmm. within, but all of our most recent operating partners that we've worked with or still work with are basically, I don't want to say friends and not, it's not the inside buddy thing. Yeah. <laughs> they're people who we, they're people who we knew though, from you trust from. and rely on. Totally. And they're people yeah. who usually come Big. to us and say, Hey, this looks cool. I'm doing this thing over here. I worked for this other group or I ran this other company or whatever. How can we collaborate? And it's usually really organic. Got it. Nobody's so pitching it, us on anything. No, it's got just it. like this. It's conversations. Yeah. And if anybody from the audience wanted to get involved, they could just, you would meet with them, I assume. Yeah. We're always looking for those diamond in the rough. Good. Talents. They don't need to be fully developed necessarily. Good. I'm, good. I don't consider myself fully developed in that capacity at all, although I Me try either. to learn a little bit every day. Um, every day. But we keep a pretty low profile. Got but it. our portfolio companies, namely CapTarget, which I'm still the CEO of, which is a service provider in the investment banking and private equity space, is pretty visible. Anybody can Google me. You probably find my cell phone number. You'll see a lot of CapTarget email impressions, maybe some of our Verde stuff out there as well. But I would encourage folks that if you can find me, which is not that hard, and you want to have a frank discussion about either how to do this or if you could be beneficial to groups like ours, to go for it. Try to figure it out. Got Get it. a hold of me. Let's have a Good. conversation. Like I said to you initially, we just yeah. spend all day chatting to people. That's, I'm interested I love in it. that. Yeah, I love that, Gabe. So what was your what was your biggest success and what did you learn from it that you have utilized in other projects? The success one is tricky. Depends on how you define it. And I think we all tend to gravitate towards financial goals, which is fine, right? Live and die by financial goals, certainly. So there might be two answers. There's those financial sure. goal answers, those days where you make millions of dollars in a day, right? Culmination of years of work, but you have those instances of big wins, right? In this deal space, it's a big ebb and flow. So you work really hard for nothing. And then one day somebody gives you millions of dollars and it feels free in that one moment. <laughs> yeah. Somebody just gave me all this money. Of course, that's not yeah. the case. But those moments are, are always, they always stick out. The first company you sell as a founder, the first deal you do as a banker, as an investor, the first client you get at that first startup that you did all by yourself with no funding. And that first, in our case, $4,000 check that came from a client that we took to the bank because we didn't have a bank account yet and said, I'd like mm. to open a bank bank account. I have a check in this name of this company that nobody's ever heard of. So yeah. those always stand out. But then I think there's more of the entrepreneurial development side that I think is are smaller successes that we should recognize more often. I swear this was maybe a year ago, maybe, maybe a little more. And this might be me being hard on myself, but I ran my first like effective meeting a year ago. I swear to God. I don't know what I've been doing for the last 15 years. They must've just been terrible meetings, putting people to sleep and decks and whatever. I had one meeting last year that I walked away from and was like, okay, 
that was an effective awesome. use of people's time. Yeah. So those little wins always stand out. A good meeting here and there, some technical proficiency and some of the things we do. But the point of the long answer to your short question is we should probably celebrate all these little successes more often because yeah. our this entrepreneurial endeavor, we tend to focus on founding, exit, maybe yeah. a cap raise, whatever. And there's a lot more to winning than selling your company. I've sold yeah. my company and totally lost at the same time, right? Yeah. It wasn't a win for so, me at all. And Gabe, it's like success is like a progressive realization of your ideal goal, right? It's something totally. that you... Yeah, you just you want to have, right? And this, you just go every day about it to get as close as you can and you work and you progress and you learn and you advance and you build upon each day. So that's beautifully said. Thank you so much, I, Gabe. I have what you, uh, just a fun anecdote, but somebody yeah. else asked me this question at a team meeting over a holiday party that we were having. And yeah. one of the more junior people asked me about that. And I, I shared some response. It's not important for this little story, but... Then I went around the people sitting around the fire and said, tell me about yours. Do you feel that you're successful? And if not, what'll it take? And this one young woman, I think she's only been in the U.S. a handful of years. We have a lot of first-gen immigrant team. Or I, my parents are immigrants. We really try to support that environment. And she said, I don't think I've met my financial goals yet. I'm still building my career. But uh, in... In her country, from Vietnam, she goes, but in Vietnam, yeah. we lived up in the mountains and it was very cold in the winter. And every year, all winter, I have to chop wood. And now we're sitting next to this fire. This party was in my home. Like a big 20 foot wide fire, gas fire. Oh, I love fires, thing. man. That's and, awesome. Uh, and she goes, now I'm sitting here and we have this fire and I didn't have to chop any of the wood. And it was like the biggest success for her in that moment. And she said, she's a really thoughtful mm. woman. And she said, so in a lot of ways I have, I make it 10 times a day. We just made it. We're sitting by a fire yeah. that doesn't need me yeah. to chop wood. And I tried to take some little piece of that kind of perspective. With Beautiful you when way we to talk live. about success. Yeah, no, it's great. What do you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point, Gabe? Stubbornness, stupidity, whatever you want to call it. There's a real element in the broader entrepreneurial game of just the audacity to show up and keep doing the thing and telling people you're good at it until you're good at it. No, it's good. And, and my team are pretty relentless in saying, hey, look, somebody's going to do this. Why can't it be us? What would it take nice. to be us? And, like and how do we get comfortable and confident with saying it will be us? The rest can be learned and not everybody wins at the game, but if you have a realistic learned or hired. what success is. Yeah, learned or hired. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation, but learned or hired. So I think a lot of it comes down to just our willingness to try and our willingness to learn and our willingness right. to pivot quickly when what we're doing starts to feel stupid. Yeah. Which no. happens all the time, right? Yeah, it does. It does, Gabe. We make a lot of mistakes. And I just want to say, okay. yeah, no problem. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. Gabe, it was really nice talking to you and, and understanding the success that you're experiencing. And you might have, should have went into more into your products, but people can see what it's about and understand. Because when people do business, it's usually with the human being behind the business. And I do appreciate your time for coming on our show. 
And if you have any final words, please go ahead and share with the audience. No, no, just thank you. I always, I think this conversation that you've been having in perpetuity with all your guests is an important one. I think we need to move beyond the five easy ways to dot and hacks to yeah. whatever. And I really appreciate that you don't, we don't need to go there because the reality is a lot of that is just fluff and the real work that has to get done that I try to do and try to learn about every day. It's like the people work and you can't have successful businesses without successful teams. And yes. my success, however you want to define it, I view as a trailing indicator of our client success, of our team success. And that's the only way you can have that happen, right? Everybody else has to win before you and I get to win. Yes. And I think you've supported that concept in your conversation. So I'm just appreciative to hear more. Oh, thank you so much, Gabe. I appreciate you and said, audience, thanks again for joining us today. Gabe's information will be in the show notes. Get in touch with him. If you're thinking of some, something, talk to the man. He'll guide you. He'll help you. And definitely check out his website and all the other things, wonderful things that he's working on. And his collection online, I'm pretty sure you can find his cars online as well. You can't find I'm, the cars online. I no? have no social media footprint outside of some LinkedIn that somebody else manages. I do it. Oh, for, okay. Uh, for the well, I'll give you, you guys, you need to go to California. Look yep. for Gabe and see his collection. So thanks again, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for helping us grow the show. And again, Gabe, thank you so much for taking the time today.